We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Giannis Antetokounmpo. One second. Hello and welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish. I am here with the triumphant Rohan Kadi to talk all things Bucks. Uh, we have a little bit more Giannis stuff to talk about, but then we want to get to the team at large. We've seen two preseason games now. We want to talk about what we've seen, some of the new players, some of the returning players, all sorts of fun stuff. But Rohan, how's it going? I am still on a freaking cloud, my guy. Yeah, same here. <laughs> same here. We both had the uh, the separate but shared idea to crack a cold one before this podcast. This is very much a celebratory pod. This Every is time a victory I lap. Big victory lap. Shouts to Nipsey Hussle. Every time I have one beer, I can't help but think about Zach Lowe, who I feel like <laughs> also always talks about his one beer. We're having our one beer tonight. Hey, I you feel plug like... Zach Lowe all the time, right? <laughs> Throwback. That's a nice, real, that's a nice call. Eurostep listeners. That's Go a nice call. They'll get it. They'll get it. Um, I can't wait till. I will say, before we get into stuff, real stuff. Well, this is real. Before we get into Buck stuff, 
This is Bucks adjacent. I'll just go in. I'll stop couching. Just say it. Yeah. Um, I do love when listeners just tweet random, like, seemingly nonsensical pod references at me. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm not being sarcastic. No, it's It makes amazing. my day every single time. What was it? The, uh, the handshake emoji one? The handshake emoji was a big one today. Um, I got so many tweets about Mario Hazonia getting released, and I was just, like, <laughs> geeking out. I was like, yes, I love this so much. Um, so please, folks, like, it's like, that's, this is our Keep secret it language. It keeps us going. This is our secret language. Like, come speak it to us. Um, but, yeah, hopefully, I, the reason I thought of that is hopefully people don't tweet recklessly about me plugging Zach Lowe. But... <laughs> Now I probably just spoke it into existence. All right, so let's talk more about Giannis. Um, one thing I wanted to actually no, I don't want to. I don't want to go here first. I don't know what. What do you think we should follow up on? We didn't get in yesterday's when this goes up. Uh, sort of emergency pod that really was more of like let's just get together and celebrate quickly. Um, what kind of analysis or like other breakdowns or takeaways have you thought of since that pod? Well, I mean. Going for it, I thought this is a big, big salary cap situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's uh, a good point. Yeah. So, but the good thing is, like, immediately when I thought of that, the the aura around the Supermax has been, if it's not going to a player of Giannis's caliber, uh, it's just detrimental to the team, right? It's just a bad contract. That's not yeah. the case at all in this case. Giannis is underpaid. <laughs> um, and... I, that thought sort of left my head right away because all of the guys on the Bucks they have their bird rights for it. the main guy. Yeah, that that is. I mean, I think like from a player construct, it is one of those where I feel like it's impossible to not get sticker shock when you see the full number and the year by year cap hits. You remarked to me that you had read he's going to have an opt out that's like fifty two million dollars, fifty one point nine million dollar player option for twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six at minimum. At minimum, which any other player, I think, going into this, I would go, he's going to exercise that. It's going to be terrible value. That might be a, that might be one where Giannis opts out to make more money in a new deal. Like that's, that's what, how, he's underpaid. Yeah, underpaid. Absolutely. Um, I do think mentioning the team construct is important, um, and this goes to something that has already been talked about, and including by me on, on the yesterday's episode. Um, the Bucks have another extension to figure out soon, um, and they don't have to. They could they could resign Drew Holiday, who I'm talking about, um, in the off season. Like they'd still have his bird rights. They don't have to get this done or lose him or anything like that. But I do think it feels likely there is going to be an extension. Now, all of a sudden, what that number comes out to be is very interesting. I think the max would be four years, $137 million, which I love Drew Holiday. Feels like a lot for four years of Drew Holiday. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm crazy. I maybe would like to see. Yeah. It, it's it's more of a wait and see sort of thing. That's why I think they maybe get it done midseason, especially yeah, well, with the track record this front office has. When have they ever let someone get into free agency and then resign them? Yeah, it's a great point. It, it does always, feel like they re-sign them ahead of time. They're proactive from Bledsoe to well, I guess not Lopez, but they couldn't do Lopez beforehand. Uh, Chris Middleton, well, Chris Middleton hit free agency, but it, that's another different situation. They wouldn't have been able to to pay him as much. But yeah, from Bledsoe, obviously here with Giannis, I do think that's a good point. Um, I think there's going to be a re-sign. I don't think it's going to be Max. I I do think I think it would probably be a little more team friendly on that end. Yeah. 
I, I guess we'll see. I don't really have any we'll idea. See, like, think... Again, the cap doesn't matter anymore. Because the, the cap is payments. gone. You're not going to have cap space ever again. No, it's really not. And probably as long as they have Giannis, right? So it's basically just how much how much repeater tax are you willing to pay? Yeah, that's and that's going to be a big and topic. Hey, that... credit, cre- you know what? I I hate doing this. Credit <laughs> to the Bucks ownership for you know ponying up. They're going to be paying the tax this year. Probably this year. Probably this year, and like a hundred percent going years. Yeah. Well, that that's the interesting thing, right? Is now all of a sudden, and I want to get into the Harden in a second because I do look at that differently now, and I'll explain why. Um, but now all of a sudden, you really look at. You need this core to be good enough of Drew, Chris, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. And I really do think it is. And I've, I've maintained that all along. They were and good now, enough like, with, with Bledsoe. Increased... They, now they're definitely good enough. At least they were close to good enough with Bledsoe. Yeah. I'd maintain they were still Whichever. good enough. That's a, to- that's a topic for another day we'll never get to because there's really no point or no need now. Doesn't but, matter. Yeah. Binge um, the Bucks coming back? <laughs> never again, pal. <laughs> Never again. Not until they win a title. Then we'll do it. Um, but and you can hold us to that. But now all of a sudden it comes to like filling out the roster around those the core four, those the four guys who make meaningful money on this team. And going forward, the Bucks will try to have to figure out how to replace one or more of them. You know, during an off season, I would assume they probably don't all play out their whole contracts and be effective the whole time but maybe i'm wrong um i think brooke lopez is the one people are probably a little worried about and then drew if there's an extension i could see the same just because they are both i think they're both more than 30 now i chris chris might be a buck forever i hope he is but i don't don't know we'll see there it'll be interesting but going forward it's going to be a lot like this summer where you know the the major moves are like just retaining the major guys or, or even other pieces who hit free agency like Dante DiVincenzo will in the future, and then trying to use like those cap exceptions that let the Bucks bring in DJ Augustine and Bobby Portis and Torrey Craig and et cetera, et cetera, Bryn Forbes. Like, those exceptions are going to be really the only tools going forward. In, a two, in addition to draft picks, the Bucks have some, including a first in 2021, that honestly they might end up actually using now just because they won't have much flexibility to make that many trades. But I do think that I think this offseason is like a really good roadmap for how to do it because as we're going to talk about in the next segment, like they got some really good players for those exceptions for what they need. Like they don't need a top four player. They have those all set. So I think like just looking at depth pieces, I feel like they show that they can nail it just with nothing else but those exceptions. Yeah, this is what title contending teams do all the time. Exactly. Like this is this is what Miami had to deal with uh, in the Big Three era. This is what uh, the Warriors dealt with. Like this this is just this is how it goes. This is how you win a title in today's NBA. You have to be able to maneuver around like this because you're going to have to have multiple big time money guys. Yeah, no, definitely, hundred percent. And that's just the way that the league is built. And it's ironically to prevent teams from just like overspending and being able to buy a title, right? Like you really can't do that in the NBA. There's only so much you can spend. I mean, the Warriors went to unprecedented levels this year and it was only because they happened to have this big trade exception from another deal. I think Kevin, is it Kevin Durant? I 
think so. Or maybe that one was expired. I don't remember. It, don't don't quote me on that. But they were able to add Kelly Oubre. Like that was the big the big hullabaloo, and they only did it was, after. Clay. I think it. I think it was the Kevin Durant trade exception, or the or, no. Was it the Clay DPE? It might no that no they don't no, use that, that. Made no any sense. Th- that's not worth as much. Oh, yeah, it was probably. I don't remember. Because whatever. I don't it was. think they got a trade exception in the KD deal because they got D'Angelo. Yeah, and then they traded D'Angelo. No, it was Iggy. It was Andre Iguodala. Iggy, yes, that's what it, it was. It was the Andre Iguodala trade exception. Sorry about that. But um, and they only could do that because of like that that sort of cap. And I know Bucks fans are probably not glad to hear the words trade exception. Hey, you know what? John Horst is shaking hands with Giannis on a contract extension. <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> Just hire a cap guy, fam. Just hire a cap guy. I think the player acquisition, honestly, I think is really good. Like they do a good job at bringing guys in and putting the right pieces around Giannis. They just need to become more efficient at actually performing the deals. Like, Horst has gone and gotten out players that you've wanted him to get. I feel yeah, like... When is the, when has a Bucks GM ever done that? I mean, it's been a while. Has it ever happened? Well, I mean, like, Oscar was brought in in 1970-ish. And that cool. worked out pretty well. It's 2020. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, and to, in fairness to Bucks GMs of old... I think it's a little bit easier when you're bringing guys onto it, Giannis' team. I of think course. that does, of course. does yeah, help this, grease the wheels. This starts and ends with Giannis. Of co- all things Bucks do now for the foreseeable future. Because he signed the Supermax. <sighs> Doesn't get old. It really just does not get old. Pen has hit paper. Pen oh slapped my. the paper. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Chris. I wonder if he used one of the pens. Imagine. I he uh, we he had to have, maybe that's maybe that's why we haven't gotten a Giannis offseason joke yet. Maybe he was waiting to make a pen joke. Mm. Conspiracy theory tie at it again. Yeah, I think uh, was it was a Chris who quote tweeted uh, Giannis's tweet saying uh, he tagged Pat and he was like, I hope he used one of our pens. Yeah, and Pat, I think Pat just said fear the deer, but yeah, I love that. I, but he replying. forgot he forgot to add a period before that at, so it tweeted as a reply because Twitter's weird. It's just a classic Chris Middleton thing, it feels like. Chris, oh, not nearly online enough to yeah. know how to do that. I love that. I want to talk about the James Harden thing. Okay. I don't, at first I couldn't put my finger I'm, I'm on concerned. it. I'm concerned. What, well, let me let's see if you're concerned after I I introduce how I'm feeling. I right after the news broke, for whatever reason, and it took me a while to put my finger on it. I just found myself much less interested in that potential deal of like Chris Brooke Dante, all the picks that they can trade for James Harden. And I get it. I know there's a lot of people who still think that like you can get a title right now with that. I just think the Bucks don't need to be as desperate as they did um, yesterday. And they can continue their strategy of like continuity and loyalty building and all this other stuff. And I think them doing that all along has gotten them to this point with Giannis where he's willing to resign. I assume he would prefer to continue that. And I think the Bucks are good enough to win a title now. So I don't really think... They should gut their team and, and do another crazy trade to try and add James Harden anymore. Do you disagree? No, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I just it's it's not worth it. It's it's not worth it. 
Which is we because we agreed it is, and maybe I mean still from a value proposition oh, wise, yeah, it for, probably yes. is from a from a pure value standpoint, like in a vacuum. Yes, it is completely worth it to just trade the I can't even say farm, just trade everything for um uh, for Harden the homestead. It's not quite a farm. Yeah, it's let's the say best the we can do. We'll, we'll offer the homestead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's not worth it at all. I well, I thought you were going a completely opposite direction. Where did you think I was going? I thought you were saying you got to put like you just got to you got to put pedal to the metal and go for it. I don't think so. And I want to let's make it clear. I still maintain that before after the Drew Holiday trade at any point in Bucks history without Giannis on the table, I really don't think they would have gotten it done. I still believe that. I just don't think that their assets are enough for Houston. Um, unless the Rockets really, really want Chris Middleton, which maybe, but I, I don't think so. Um, as, I mean, they probably want him as much as any team does. I don't think they want to give up James Harden for him as the centerpiece in a deal, though. Yeah, yeah, no chance. And Ch- Chubby Harden has showed up to a preseason oh game. Oh, my God. So did the whole did thing you see, like, look at, look at some of Josh Eberle's latest tweets. They keep editing the photo, so he just keeps getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's like um, uh, who they... Wiggins, Warriors people kept doing it to Wiggins. The Isaiah Thomas one is legendary too. Oh my goodness! Oh just, he just kept getting smaller. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, should we talk about preseason? Yeah, I guess we can. We have actual basketball to talk about, which is wild. It feels like it's been forever, but also non no time at all. It's been weird. It's, the 2020 it's really time vortex st- strikes again. Yeah. And there's, like, we've talked about this, right? There's been a lot of roster turnover, right? Just, and then I was watching the game, and then I just, like, the bench comes on, and I'm just, like, I go full Patrick, and I'm like, who are you people? <laughs> like, I just, yeah. there's so much turnover on this team especially with the current construction of having Dante be the fifth starter. And I want to talk a lot about the fifth starter situation. Everyone knows I have takes. Um, but yeah, cause it's really like the guys that you're used to are all starting. And then when Bud, of course, like just gets a billion bench guys out there and Pat, Pat, Pat is, you know, familiar in a terrible hey, way. You but- know what? Quick, quick thing on Pat. Uh, I don't know if you read the athletic piece about uh, core the- member of the team, baby. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know what? Sure, whatever. Contracts, whatever. If he gave Giannis the pen that got him to sign, you know what? The contract was a steal. Contract was a steal. Yep. Some random guy on the street got $2.5 million agreed from Jerry West to get Kawhi there, and like that's oh that's just God. one year. That's the craziest. That's actually that, in court right now. Is it actually? I, I mean, it'll probably get thrown out, but it is. Really? Two and a half mil? I'm not, I wasn't familiar with that. Yeah, I just, I think... TMZ and Complex wrote about it because it was a court document. I mean, anyone can can pull it up, but oh, I had to get had to get that uh, joke in there. Um, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, it's it it felt a little unfamiliar at first. It felt like uncharted territory. Watching basketball again, uh, like Bucks basketball, but it also sort of felt normal. I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it. It was a little I mean, I don't want to say comforting just because the Mavs really bludgeoned the Bucks in both of the games, especially in third quarters, but 
um, it was just nice to see some of the guys that we're used to. And I think yeah, I want to start also, off. Sorry. No, before we preface this, this is preseason basketball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not, this should not be serious takeaway season, even though I got very upset about Budenholzer stuff after game two. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Continue. I want to start off. I want to talk about the new guys first. Um, maybe in order of importance or at least salary. So let's start off with Drew Holiday. Still super excited about Drew as a buck. I just, I don't think he's quite comfortable in the flow of the offense yet, which is fair because there's so many things to figure out. Um, I, I'm hoping that like the good Giannis news kind of carries over to the whole team, but I do think it's just going to be a progress for a process, excuse me, for him to get used to playing with the guys, but there's still been some really exciting flashes. I really like how crafty he is like scoring the ball in the mid range and even closer, like his floaters. I really like, he has great touch. He's very strong. He'll just bulldoze guys, which is awesome. And he throws oops to Giannis. So I think like his in-between game is something I've really liked on the defensive end. I've really liked what I've seen. Of course, he just isn't fitting perfectly yet, but no cause for alarm from me. No, it's just, it'll take time. He's adjusting to a new city, a new team, like new players around him, completely different style of play. It's, it's going to take an adjustment. That doesn't mean he's not going to get there, but it'll just, it'll be an adjustment. But yeah. like you were saying, the flashes were there. There were certain sequences that I was watching, and I was just like, "Oh man, oh man, this, <laughs> this is this is gonna be fun." I think in the it was the second preseason game, uh, the one on what was that Sunday, Monday? I believe Monday. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's it's NBAStats.com is telling me it was the fifteenth, which is today, which is impossible, or yesterday. Uh, that is not the case. I can confirm it was not today. Uh, so there was, yeah, there was a sequence where he, uh, Drew got the ball in transition and he just effortlessly Euroed past the defender to score an easy transition bucket. Like the defender was coming at him. I can't remember who it was. And you just, it was just so casual, no reaction from him whatsoever. It's just like, these are just things I do. Like the bench was going nuts. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, like just casual. Just real, not light and easy. Yeah, he makes stuff look like light work sometimes. And again, it, it I looks, just... It, he makes the game look easy. Yeah. Which but it is makes not it look something really, you could say about the Bucks of last year. He makes it look really hard for offensive players, though. <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. It really almost, to me, I, I liken what he can do on offense. I still think he's like super Eric Bledsoe. Like, that's still, I think, a great comp. On defense, he's almost more of a Wes Matthews to me. Like, I was, I think, I'm glad you brought that up because he is he is a more versatile defender in the sense that um, he's given, big. Yeah, he's bigger. He's I forget how to, is he six three? I, believe? I thought he was six four. I'll look now. He might be six three. Uh, let's see here. He is six three. Uh, I think he has like a seven foot wingspan or something. So like you know a bit bigger than Bledsoe. He he's just effortlessly just guarding Luca. Yeah, he he did really well on Luca, I thought. Yeah, and like given given the Mavericks are weird in that they they start a big guy like Luca at their point guard position. Uh most teams aren't really going to do that, but that just shows that Drew Holiday can, you know, just he can scale up so easily on defense and he won't lose anything. You won't lose anything by scaling up Drew even up to I'd say the 4. Some guys, for sure. Yeah, I think he's got that strength. He's got that Wes Matthews strength that 
really just leaps out to you when you see a guy try to push through him and it just it just doesn't take. And I do think he has I think he's quicker than West though. Like I think he's yes. like yes. versatile West. I think you already said that, but more versatile West. So, like, it's not like you can't put him on a point guard Bledsoe would cover. I do almost prefer him on wings. Like, I don't really want him doing exactly what Bledsoe did on defense. I think that's that's almost a waste. I'd rather not, like, have him fight through every screen, but I, I guess that's fine. I, we'll talk about defensive stuff. That's what Dante um, can do for you. That is, I mean, that is probably the best argument for Dante as a starter because I do feel like that is more of his you can You set. can have Dante as still the point of attack defender while having Drew on the rangier wings. Yeah, I think that's a lead. And still having Chris and Giannis. <laughs> and Brooke guarding everything. I mean, we're going to have to speed up some of these because I want to talk about the returning guys too, at least some of them. Like, maybe just Chris because I have so many Chris thoughts. But, okay. Um, but not yet. Not yet. We said we'd go through the new guys, order of importance slash salary. So um, we'll talk a lot more Drew. Don't worry. If you didn't get enough Drew It's going to be a long you're, season. You're going to get a lot of Drew Randall holiday talk this year from, from the hero step. But DJ Augustine. So far, Ooh, I just feel like okay. What? Oh, I thought you were gonna go a different direction, but like we can go DJ. Well, I said important slash salary. I know. What? Who? Who am I missing? I thought you were gonna go with Bobby Portis. Oh, well, that's next. It's slash salary, Rohan. DJ okay. Augustine okay. makes like twice as much. Okay, so DJ Augustine, the first DJ. I'm gonna get thrown off so much by the differences in DJs now. I love uh, that we've already immediately gone to calling him DJA. Oh, we did, didn't we? Which is, like, fine. I feel like we could do better, but it's fine. Do you call him just Augustine? I don't know. It's like a, an era of art. Uh, not Augie, because I'm going to think of Jerry Augustine from the, the Brewers broadcast talking about <laughs> slow lefties. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, it's a work in progress. We'll just yeah, say that. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll take suggestions. Yeah, so DJ Augustine. He is go- he's trying to fill the George Hill role. Mm-hmm. I feel like he fits more of the George Hill role than George Hill. Ooh, I like does that, that make take sense? a lot. No, it does. I, I actually don't disagree. Go on. So when he comes out on the floor, he won't just, you know, be able to lead uh, or just like, you know, handle an offense. He will go out there and he will lead an offense. Yes. He he. He will come out on the floor and he will be a primary creator, primary ball handler. He will go out there and he will make plays for teammates. And he will not be afraid to take his own shot as well. I feel like George Hill got a little timid. He uh, definitely was not trying to find his own shot and he passed up a lot of shots. Uh, That's not going to happen with DJ Augustine. DJ Augustine was out here throwing lobs to Giannis and Giannis looked so confused. Like, man, people can actually do this? (laughs) Exactly. It was just why you had Chris trying to do it later and then just not work. It doesn't work out. Chris maybe like, has to rein it in a little bit. Yeah, it's just weird because Chris is a really good passer. Uh, we'll talk about Chris later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But DJ Augustine, man, he's electric to watch. I can see why uh, like Bucks people have been wanting him on the team for a while. He's got to stop following jump shooters. That's 100%. Like, just get Pat out of his life. He's got Pat is influencing him in a big way. Um, oh, and just a, I only was able to watch the second preseason game. So I'm going off of that one, but I, I don't think – I mean, Rohan will check me if, I, if I'm way off. But one interesting thing about TJ Augustine, I, maybe he – we might need to – we might have to call for him to be a little more aggressive sometimes. He's just such a willing passer. So through two games, 39 minutes, TJ Augustine has nine points on five shot attempts and ten assists. 
So more assists than points so far as a Milwaukee Buck, and four of those nine points are from the free throw line. He just hasn't shot much. Can I, which can is I fine. bring up the one shot he did make in the first game? He went one of three from the field. It in, was a three, right? Yeah, in game one, and it was a yeah, it was a corner three. That was the that shot made me think this Bucks team is different. And let me tell Ooh, you, what. yeah. So uh, DJ Augustine, he's on the I think he's on the right wing, and he just hands it off to Giannis in the post. And then Giannis starts to go to work, and then he kicks it out to the left corner for a DJ Augustine three. Mm. Immediately, I'm like, how on earth did DJ Augustine get there? Because <laughs> immediately, once he handed it off to Giannis, he immediately crossed the court to go to where Giannis's passing lane was. And that just, that floored me, because I had, I had never seen a buck do that in the last two years. I think DJ Augustine, to me, I, I really like the even more George Hilly, George Hill on offense. To be clear, George Hill, a much better defender. That's like yes. the silver yes. bullet to DJ Augustine. Um, but regardless, like I've said all along, and I make this case for Bryn Forbes, who we'll talk about, but like they can afford to play one bad defender if he's going to add a lot to their offense just because like everybody else they play is a freaking great defender. And that's just like, you can live with that. Like teams live with that. Like the Miami heat, really good defensive team, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow, not great defenders. Like you can figure out ways to cover that very easily. If the rest of the guys are drew holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, etc. Um, so I think just a perfect fit for this team He's really good at like penetrating into the defense and opening up shots, which is why he has so many assists in just 39 minutes. Um, less, more than it takes him less than four minutes on average to get an assist so far in the preseason, which is hashtag good. Um, but like that's I think what opens up better shots, right? Like sometimes I think the Bucks and they still do this. Like they'll get lazy. Like I saw three out of four possessions at one point where like Giannis and Brook above the break threes, which. If they're wide open, like catch and shoot, set feet, those are good shots. But if you're like basically just walking up into them, they're not really that good. They're just a lot harder to hit. It, it just, you need to move the ball and, and penetrate and kick out, I think, to set up the best threes, unless you're like literally Steph. DJ Augustine does that kind of stuff. Like you mentioned already, he knows how to move off the ball. Um, I, just I just think. Relocating to where Giannis can get you the ball was just, it was. It's something that I've wanted for so long. On this yes. Team. So long. And he did it in his first preseason game. That is awesome. Yeah. Ten, ten assists and two turnovers so far. He has been absolutely diming. Um, we love to see it. The only buck I can see who's played real minutes, who has a better assist to turnover, is DJ Wilson with four assists and zero turnovers. <laughs> We're gonna, we, DJ might have to be the other returning guy we talk about. The other DJ. Oh, 100%. Um, but we'll, we'll get there. Let's move to your guy, Bobby Portis. I think these two are good to talk about right next to each other because Don't I really do they have chemistry. They already – I feel so great because I've been thinking about – and I think I tweeted the day before the second game or the day of. Like, I've been really thinking about this pairing a lot because, like, when, like I feel like the last time the Bucks had multiple bench players who could reliably generate offense – please catch me if I'm wrong here. And maybe maybe some of the Greg Monroe bench days, this was true as well. But oh, we're throwing it back to the dark days. Well, I'm throwing it back to 14-15, which 
when they had like all those guys who could come in and play and get buckets, right? Like yeah. Jared Bayless, Jared Dudley, OJ Mayo. Like they just had a crew of guys who, or maybe OJ was the next year, but I know the two Jareds were huge that year. Um, this to me feels like a similar thing where like the Bucks just have guys that can plug in and score. And DJ Augustine and Bobby Portis have so much stuff they can do together because Bobby Portis has range two, although he's 0 for 1 from three. He's hit so many twos already. Like, this guy just nails shots. Like, he's just, he's a bucket, man. He's a bucket. And I love to see it. Like, again, yeah. oh, I'm yeah. fine with a guy who's not the best defender if he can go out there and make a big impact on the other end. Bobby Portis already has. He. It's going to be an interesting dichotomy between him hunting for his own shot is a good thing versus stop hunting for your own shot. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun thing to watch this season. I'll just say that. Uh, I, I think the one person you might get in a fight with this season is bud. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Cause my guy was taking face up twos like early in the shot clock, but making them 55% he was, from the he field. was making them. I will give him that, but that is not <laughs> bud basketball, which is, Probably a good thing. Uh. I think I think I think Bobby Portis needs to figure out two ways to play. I honestly have zero problem with him playing like that if he's out there with a bench of five unit. Like yeah, I he, really, he was primarily playing as the bench five. Yeah, well, I just like with five bench guys, but yeah, like that—that's what I mean. Oh, I, 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 I heard what you said as as the bench center. I that's, see what yeah, that you, is you just what agreed I said. with me. Oh, that is what you said. Okay, I meant like all five bench players. Gotcha. And if he's out there with, like, DJ Wilson, uh, DJ Augustine, like, Tory Craig or Pat Connaughton or whoever the hell else is out there, like, don't hand the ball off to Pat Connaughton covered. Like, dude, Bobby Portis, if you feel good, just take the shot, my guy. Just take the shot. He, in 39 minutes, has 26 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, two turnovers, one block. Um, I just... Like, I really like the shot creation he can do. I just This is also his first time playing for, like, a competent team. Yes. So that's my other thing. Like, he needs to learn how to play, I think, in, like, lineups with Chris and Giannis. Like, he needs to play a little bit differently for sure. And I want to see more of that. Like, I want to see him and Giannis operating together because it's, like, the athleticism and the size on the floor is just overwhelming. But I I think, again, if he's out there with these mostly bench groups, like, bro, fire away, Bobby Portis. Yeah, go for it. And you can't you can't fault him for not playing hard. My guy runs down. Oh, he yeah. sprints down the court so Ooh. fast, so fast. And the, like guys want to give it to him when he's running that hard. Have you oh, seen I, every time he runs down the court in transition, the ball handler wants to get him the ball. Well, you know it's a damn assist. Like who's who's like what little guy who's who is down getting the floor in the way already? of Bobby Portis? Yeah, like everyone's heard the story about how he visualizes the other team punching his mom in the face. Like nobody is trying to get Look in the way of Look that man in the guy. eye in the eyes running down the court until you, need, you <laughs> want to defend him. <laughs> I like I just like I need to see a bunch of fast breaks with Giannis and Bobby Portis cuz it's I, just going to be a like, race. They're honestly teams, just going to race. Other teams are just like what the hell are we supposed to do? <laughs> what is this sport we were playing? I thought we were playing basketball. <laughs> One thing I also want to see, if Giannis wants to be more of a perimeter player and, like, handle the ball a bit, let's see some Giannis-Bobby Portis pick and rolls because Bobby oh can pop a little bit. Oh, I think that's it could good. be fun. That's like, good. In very, very, very small samples, Giannis-Brook Lopez pick and roll has been, like, very good in the past. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah. Giannis is, like, a primary ball handler involving any front court players is usually, usually ends in good, good things for the Bucks. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, listen, 
again, same with DJ Augustine. The defense, it's not there. Like, if, if we're comparing him to the last year's backup big, he is nowhere near the defender, Robin Lopez. Oh, I thought you were going to say Urson. Uh, also, well, no, that's not true. Um, yeah, because he's but, coming back. Oh, damn, Rohan, damn. Um, it's inevitable. I hope not. Urson needs a ring with the Bucks. They can just, they'll just send him one anyway. I don't think they actually can, though. Well, they said they give him like front office people. I like, just call him a consultant. Ooh, yeah. Maybe they should hire Urson. <laughs> he can replace the uh, the wax figure of the security guard. Oh, That's his job. You... Just just sit there. Yeah. Did you see that uh, new addition Tory Craig uh, found? <laughs> and was like, yeah. man, I thought this guy was real. <laughs> <laughs> For like five days. I did see that was awesome. <laughs> Uh, but Bobby Portis, just a wrap. Not a great defender. We all know this. I think he does try. I don't he, think he's yes. Gonna... You can't fault him for not trying. He maybe he can get better. He's still young. Yeah. Or the other thing is like it depends how he's playing. Like, and again, I don't want to do too much defensive scheme stuff quite yet. But if he is out there with like Giannis or for some reason Brook Lopez, just like tell him to be a wing defender and go guard a big guy who's not the center. And I think that's much easier on defense for most guys. So that's one thing you can try to do. But even if he's the five, like he's not going to be great, but he's going to get you some damn buckets. On It'll the be other against end. backup bigs. Yeah, that's the other thing. But um, pick and roll is something he's got to work on. But hey, he, he has some really good guys to learn from with Giannis and Brooke Lopez on the team. A hundred percent. He, I think he's going to be, that's why, that's why I was a little confused, like uh, saying, oh, we should go to Bobby next. I think he's going to have a big role on this team. I, yeah. I think he's going to prove some people wrong. Like, I think he's going to be an impact player all Revenge season. season. He's already locked in. He was like, uh, he was quote tweeting Giannis's tweet with a gif of Giannis. That's awesome. I, I think we've talked about it on the pod before, but him embracing being a bench guy, I just think is the coolest thing. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, this is the guy who's been like, oh, in when he was drafted in Chicago, like, oh, this guy's going to be a guy, you know? And then yep. I think he, did he go to the Wizards for a bit? Uh, did he? Maybe. Uh, Maybe, and then, yeah, they traded him somewhere. Maybe I think they did send him. That's a good call. I think they did. And then he goes to the Knicks where he can just do whatever whatever he wants. We got a little bag, too. I think that helps That helps with you taking the biannual exception with the Bucks later after you get that Knicks pack. Yeah. Oh, he didn't play for the Wizards. Did, did they tra- I thought Chicago traded him somewhere. Did they trade him to New York or did they just keep him? Oh, no, they I traded think- Nico. Yeah, they traded Ni- Yeah, I was like, they traded one of the two. That's Jabari right, that's right. went to the Wizards. And uh, and they- Thomas Bryant just seems very Bobby Portis-esque as well. <laughs> you know, like, really? Uh, I, I don't know. he's better. I don't feel it. Okay. Fair. I just think like Big, who's not very good on defense, but dynamic offensively. That's fair. Offensively. That's fair. You know what? That's I, yeah. I was too harsh on that. That's a fair, sort of fair comparison. Um, I'm sorry for imagining you on the Wizards, Bobby Portis, whatever. Uh, he's gonna. He just saw you punching his mom in the oh face. No. He's coming for you, Bobby. Rohan. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's. Uh, uh, you mentioned Tory Craig. Should we go there next? Yeah, let's do it. It's like pretty much what. Like again, I feel like with most of the guys we've seen so far, I just feel like. We got what we paid for. No, 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 I don't want to say that. That's mean. I don't, I don't mean to, to, to belittle the, the minimum salary guys or Bobby or anybody. We got what we kind of expected. Like, Torrey Craig has played really good rangy defense and guarded all sorts of guys, and he's shooting 28% from the field and 25% from deep. I don't think he's that guy on offense. I think he's more effective than that. But, like, just generally, like, five points, six rebounds, 26 minutes. He's also really been dealing defense. with a nagging hamstring injury. 
Yeah, and he also is getting really weird minutes, which I we think need it's, to that's talk probably about. due to injury. See, I think it is, but like, he's not playing less minutes though necessarily. Yeah, it's just sort of it's sort of getting run with like whenever the other uh, like Dallas, I shouldn't say the other team. It's they've only played Dallas uh, <laughs> puts in uh, reserve units, full reserve units, end of the bench guys. Yeah, so like I don't think it's an injury. Like I don't think I don't think that makes it an injury thing. Like so, DJ Wilson has played twenty four minutes. Bryn Forbes has played twenty nine, uh, and then Tory Craig at twenty six. Pat Connaughton at twenty eight. So he's like in the pack with these other guys just playing less and usually later on than, than the rest of them, which I think is confusing some people. Um, for, for me, I think you have to look back to two years ago when Bud just really did the hot hand thing with all the twos, and I just feel like we're there again. Well, uh, it's I probably not going to be Tory Craig. Then. <laughs> well, I don't think we're – I don't think we're – what I'm saying is I don't think we're always going to see yes, this I, little I, Tory I get, Craig. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I just – I don't believe Tory Craig's ever going to be like a, a dynamic enough offensive player. I do think, like you were saying earlier, he's going to have a good role on defense. So I think like if you were doing like a sliding rotation, I think he'll get in there at some point. What I'm a little surprised about is I feel like he is a picture-perfect fit on a bench mob five to kind of make up for some of the faults of DJ Augustine and Bobby Portis. Like, I actually think the bench five of, like, and I I guess we'll have to get into the fifth starter talk soon, but for now, just assume Dante. We'll get to this. But, like, DJ Augustine, Dante DiVincenzo, Torrey Craig, um, DJ Wilson, and Bobby Portis, I actually think that lineup is like kind of funky in a good way. And I realize I'm crazy for not including Pat because Pat is going to play. But like, I think yeah, that I, can't, group, I, I, I have to learn to not hate Pat because he got Giannis to sign. We'll I, and we're, we're just here now. Like we're with Pat now. It's Stockholm. He's Central. here. <laughs> but I, I just think I'd like Tory Craig's defense really balances out some of those offense leading players. So I'd like to see him play with them more and not just be in the like, Tenasis Jordan Wara lineups that he's been in so far. Yeah, and I I was about to say I guess we we still have time to see him. No, they have one preseason game left. It's on Friday, right? I sure. I think it's Friday. Against it's on the brand for me to not know when it is. I think it's Friday against the Pelicans. I, do I know feel it's like, against the Pelicans, and it's in New Orleans. I just feel like the Bucks are going to annihilate New Orleans. With I think I think we're going to see some positive energy carry over to the court in this one. Hopefully. It is on Friday. You're right. There we go. Look at Ty Guy plugged in to the schedule. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, so maybe they have some time to figure this out. This is going to be a weird season anyway. So, like, again, maybe maybe them taking time during the regular season to actually figure things out will be a good thing. I think so. I, I don't. I really, I don't care that much. I mean, I'm going to enjoy it. L- let me make that clear. But, like, I don't care, like, results-wise as much about the regular season. Oh, no, slip- not, not a chance. If they slip to third, I'm like, all right, like that's fine. Like they're gonna have to play one ish bad ish team and two good teams, no matter which way you slice it, to get through the East. Like the way the East is built now, unless there's just a really unfortunate and sad run of injuries, you like the second two rounds, you're playing really good teams. And quietly, like that's how it's been. I mean, like Miami was a really good team. They got in the second round as the first seed last year. So I, I just think like it's not worth worrying about. Like let's get funky and try stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's, it's what we, I alluded to this on a previous podcast. Like I do not care if you win regular season games, just get enough to get in the playoffs, man. Yeah. 
just I I I believe that they can do that. I do too. <laughs> I also believe Rohan that 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Fake league sources tell me the Bucks used Indeed to find Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's not true. That's fake league sources. Don't aggregate that. With Indeed, you only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are zero long-term contracts, unlike the Milwaukee Bucks. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S., are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore's total visits. So, it is clear, Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. And right now, our listeners can get a free $75 credit to boost their job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions, folks, they do apply. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year. Like, unfortunately, known Packers fan Giannis won't be able to be, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Rohan trying to throw me off mid-pod with an apparent news leak. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't sure whether this was actually something we wanted to talk about or not, so I just sent it your way during the... We might as well. Um, apparently, I, I don't know how legit this is, but apparently the earned edition Bucks uniforms have leaked. I don't know how I feel about the Bucks one. Yeah, again, I'm not sure how legitimate this is. I like it. <laughs> I like it as a full uniform, I think. So basically, it, it's kind of the standard Bucks green with the cream as the accent color. And yeah, from it has the cream sh- lettering as well. Cream lettering, and then there's the accent color. And basically, from the shorts up, it looks like a pair of antlers kind of like on the framing. Sides. On the sides, yeah, kind of framing the jersey. My thing is, like, it could work. I got to see how the jersey looks apart from the shorts to see if it'd be a worthy buy. Um, I think the blue one might even be a better buy than this. I gotta see it. I gotta see it and know if it's real. I don't hate it. It's certainly bold. I think it's. I think. I. I think it's kind of fun. It's a fun little twist on like the classic. What is it called? Association and icon. I don't know which one's home in a way. I. I don't know. I have no. Let me not even guess. I have no freaking idea. Nike, which just make it easy on us. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we had to do all this. Earned but it, I think this is for making the playoffs. Right. Oh, is it? I think oh, maybe playoff right. teams get an earned edition jersey. Let's see. What are all the teams that have them? 
It looks like that is correct. I don't see any stinker teams on here. Yes, I think that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah they I even said that. that. Earned Edition is only supposed to be for teams that made the playoffs the year before. Cool. Those are solid. I don't know how often they're actually going to wear them, but they're solid. Yeah, I don't think they're... I think they're... I think they're... They're good. I like them. Bucks, are, Bucks are good, have been good at designing. I'm still not a huge fan of the Mecca jerseys, despite owning a Mecca jersey. But I think the Bucks' recent art choices have been good. I know people are clamoring for the purple deer head. I hope we get it. I want the deer head, though. I don't just want the purple. Give me the deer head. But Did you see um, the the uh, the City Edition jacket with the deer on it? Yeah. A little much. I just feel like I'd look like a damn idiot. Yeah, it's it. also expensive. Yeah, it is. That's That's the... Yeah, come on. Buck, send us some send us some comp stuff and we'll review it on the Euro. Oh stuff. yeah, that'd be so cool. That would be sick. Um, but anyway, we we got a lot of players to cover. So, well, actually, we don't have that many, um, but we should get into it. So yeah, what other new players do we have to talk about? Let's do Bryn Forbes. Maybe we should save the rookies for another pod. Okay. The rookies and the two ways, just because I don't want to run out of time and I don't want to do it wrong, and we just haven't seen a ton yeah. yet. Bryn Forbes. Um, I really like what I've seen. Yeah, he's he. I think this is a common theme for these players. He's been what we thought he could be. Yeah. So in uh, in game one, he has a little bit of a stinker shooting, uh, one of five from the field, zero of three from three. Then he completely rebounds with a four or five performance, three of four from deep. In the uh, second game, he was just like coming off screens and doing stuff. There was a comparison on the Bucks broadcast for like him and Kyle Korver. Oh, yeah, who I guess time. is maybe retired now. Did they say that? No, I, I have no, he's not on a team. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I Easily walking into a job with any team as a shooting coach if he wants it. Oh, 100%. But I think he'd still want to. Whatever. I do too. Whatever, yeah. Hire him and Ursan Pucks. Get them their rings. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I thought he's looked pretty solid. I think what's tr- what stood out to me game two, and like, yeah, the shot making was great. And the Bucks just need guys who are, are shot makers. And I think him and DJ Augustine are two big time ones from three. And like, again, Bobby Portis from like 15 feet is a damn killer, apparently. I should, I mean, I kind of knew that, but it's it's been impressive to watch. Um, but Brent Forbes, what stood out to me in, in the second game was like his gravity. So the Bucks were, to, to their credit, running a lot of kind of fun stuff where he'd be like down by the rim on the baseline and kind of like cutting up through the middle of the floor. Yeah. They run like pseudo elevator doors for him. Yeah. They, they, they are really trying to spring him and the Mavs were like, just not letting it happen. Like guys are shifting, guys are switching, fighting through the screens. But like the, the, I think Josh Richardson, I saw a couple times would really just like immediately move off his guy to Bryn Forbes. Like they were just not okay with giving him that look. And I think maybe that's because, you know, we're talking about, an, I think, inner division, certainly inner conference um, guy that they're probably used to seeing. But to me, it was like, I just feel like not that many players the Bucks have had outside of Korver really generate that kind of fear on opposing teams. And that in itself is a big weapon the team can start to utilize with like, now when that happens, what can you spring open behind that, behind the action while guys are switching, like cut to the rim, somebody else gets open. I just think he opens a lot of doors for you on offense. He really does. And especially if you're playing him with the with the core four, he's going to get a lot of easy shots. Yeah, he is. Yeah, or, or the other guys will. One or the other. Yeah, it's it's either do you want to give Bryn Forbes like wide open shots and or do you want to give like Drew Holiday, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez open shots? Like 
Okay. Now you're you're probably picking Bryn Forbes, and you're probably going to get burned. Yeah. Uh, I just I really like what I've seen, and I will say on the defensive end for Bryn, like more of a fighter than I knew about coming. Yeah. In. Like he's, he's 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 a Spurs guy. He is, and I think the Spurs have been bad, and I think that kind of like they've just been kind of boring and everything. But like he's gotten burned sometimes, and he's going to like he's again like DJ Augustine, kind of a smaller guy, just not not he's a not natural gonna, defender. He's not going to lock people up. <laughs> no, but he's going to try, and I think honestly, like a little bit more fight than I anticipated. Like he really does remind me, and he's not that prolific of a of a shooter at this point, but like a shorter Corver because Corver. Hey, he was she has better shooting splits than Corver. Really. Yeah, that's what I was talking about on the broadcast. They were talking about it like a comparison with him and Kyle Korver for like different spots on the floor for threes. He was better at like above the break and both wings. Wow, I would not expect that. Although I do Given think Korver, he had a smaller volume, I'm assuming. So. Yeah, I think Korver in his earlier days wasn't as good or maybe was more. I don't remember. Um, I think it was a last season comparison maybe. Yeah, that could okay. That could be it. Um, but either way, like, there's just you see the Corver because Corver again, like, it's not like he didn't want to be a good defender. Like, just physically for different reasons, he couldn't. Like, if Bryn was Corver's size, I think he actually would be a good defender. Bryn is just kind of small. Um, but I, I've liked it, and and I've liked what I've seen a lot from him. Is that the last guy we should talk about today for the new guys? Then, I guess so. If we do rookies in two ways some other time, and we've seen one minute of Diakite, so yeah, probably I will not say a just, to just a quick quick thing on Wara and Merrill. Man, sure. they can shoot. Yeah, they can. Man, they can shoot. I actually, Sam Merrill, I, Thanasis have some chemistry going with some DHOs. Thanasis hasn't looked half bad. He hasn't. He really hasn't. He can play a bit. Like I've always said this. Like. I think the memes have gotten a little extreme. You know, does he have a roster spot? If Giannis isn't on the team, maybe not. But I do think Let's like see what it's, happens to Costas. <laughs> we will see what happens to Costas. Some of that is just like opportunities are different for different guys for different reasons, right? Like I don't think he's entirely undeserving of being the fifteenth guy. I think that's a little no, overblown. No, no, yeah, um, I agree but, with you. So far, I like Merrill a little bit better than Wara, but I'm still open to seeing more from both. Ooh, I think I think War brings more of the defensive end. Totally fair. Merrill on offense has been a little bit exciting to me. Um, very small sample, but I, I've liked the same. I liked what I've seen so far. Yeah, like again, these are going to be pro- We'll we'll dive into the rookies later. Uh, yeah. Returning guys, do you want to do Chris or DJ first? Let's just do Chris because I don't think it's going to take super long. Man dunked on the Mavs. He's spry. Like my goodness. He's spry all of a sudden. Like, I feel like on offense and on defense, it's shown. I saw in, like, the first quarter or maybe the first half, he got two deflections and drew a freaking charge. Yeah, like, Like, who is this guy? This is, like, 14-15, Chris, man. It's it's 14-15, Chris, with the confidence and shot-making ability of 18-19 or 19-20, Chris. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. Like, it really does feel like he's connected even more dots. And this is a thing where I remember talking about this last year, earlier in the year, like the middle part of the year, where it was like, man, it's nice to see Chris, a guy who already at that point, like early last year, had gotten a lot farther than I think anyone ever expected by like year two of his career. Like, it's nice to see him continue to improve and like not stagnate. And now, again, like, it looks like he's improved his body in meaningful ways. Oh, he's ways. jacked. He's jacked. And, he like, he looks, like, smaller and bigger at the same time. Like, he looks more he agile. Leaner. 
leaner for sure. Like that's big. Like it, it's awesome to me. And I, I mean, I know it's like probably something that a lot of people take for granted. Like pro basketball players should always try to get better. It's easy to say that. It's hard to get better every year. The Bucks yeah, just have some guys. Especially when you've already gotten your big contract. Two of them. Both yeah. of them. Like he just he hasn't gotten complacent. He he continues to get better. It's really great to see. I, These guys want to win a title, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. These absolutely. guys want it. I love it. I love everything. I, I just shooting. I just hype myself up. Oh, of course. When he you when he had that up. dunk on the Mavs that I was talking about, yeah. I was I was so context. I was just sitting at my desk. I was working on something. Uh, I, was, I, think I, I think I was studying. And I have my TV on with the game in front of me. And then this dunk happens out of nowhere. And then I just jump out of my chair and start running. <laughs> That's amazing. I think that is legitimately what happened. It, it shocked me. I was like, this is Chris Middleton just dunking off an inbounds? I, I think he would destroy Eric Bledsoe in a dunk off this year. That made me sad. Uh, I yeah, saw. I, I think know. it was Brew Hoop tweeted uh, like Chris Middleton uh, dunking like he's still in a dunk competition against someone. That got me in my feels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for all the issues people had with Bled, man, he was fun to have on the team. He he, a fun guy to just have around. What a great guy! A great smile. Yeah, absolutely. Muscle hamster. What I think that's I think that's one of his b-ball ref names. No, b-ball ref names do not count as real names. Or is, is that just Maurice Jones Drew? What? No, I think that's Maurice Jones Drew. Muscle hamster. No, he's just got many LeBron, but I know they updated it recently. I had never heard that. Okay, but I'm just yeah. googling muscle hamster. <laughs> oh, now it's Doug Martin. These are just names that are vaguely familiar to me. A football running back. Ah, okay. Uh, formerly with the Buccaneers. He's Muscle Hamster. What do they call Maurice Jones-Drew? MJD. Well, no, he had another one, I thought. Does Pro Football Reference do nicknames? No, lame. <laughs> he had a fun nickname. Oh, I don't know. But, yeah, it, it was... That, that was a little... That, that got me a little bit in my feels. Best of Pocket luck in Hercules. New Orleans. Oh, we're going to see Eric Bledsoe on Friday. Eric Bledsoe reunion tour. Oh, man, what if he puts up 40 on, like, 10 made threes? Good for him, honestly. Yeah, I'd honestly be like, sure, of course, why not? Yeah, good for him. I hope I hope he has a great career in New Orleans. I do too. Good for Eric Bledsoe, man. It's a fun team to be on. Yeah, you got Stephen Adams, Zion, Bi. Yeah, Stan Van. Yeah, SVG's there. <laughs> okay, before we get too sidetracked, we still have uh, DJ Wilson to talk. Yeah, about. let's talk about DJ Wilson. I'm gonna preemptively, and I might eat my words on this later. Preemptively take a victory lap yep, on the rotation episode. It is fully deserved. On the rotation episode, I was like, listen, they have some new guys, but they don't have a new four outside of Portis, who feels like more of a five. I think DJ is going to play, and I think there's potential for him to actually be a player so far. And again, 24 preseason minutes, so this is definitely preemptive. But 24 minutes, 17 points on 58% from the field, 50% from deep, seven boards, four assists, no turnovers, one block, two total fouls, plus seven, which actually... I think leads all. It does lead all bucks in preseason. Uh, so DJ Wilson, and he wasn't just, just playing garbage time. He was playing real rotation minutes. Yeah, he has been like actually a backup four on the team, like basically Giannis's nominal backup. And I think I, what I've liked about this preseason is I feel like we're getting some of a real glance at how some things are going to be done. Um, just because we've seen like a decent amount of starters, and I think we've seen some real rotation stuff so far. 
I think yeah, DJ is going to continue to get chances. Yeah, I think I think he will too. I yeah, I'll 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 admit defeat here. I thought Diakite would play over him. Uh which you know, we'll see. But contract your DJ might be might be real. He's looked good. He's looked real good. I think, uh, I think he was talking to is... Zora Stevenson after. Uh, sorry, uh, no, go ahead. and he was he was saying it's not a really a mindset thing because I I think she asked him like, oh, is it like um, getting more of a rotation spot change your mentality? And he's like, no, my mentality's been there. I just have an opportunity now. I don't know if I agree. <laughs> I do think his mentality is more polished than ever. I think I think. Um, I, I think he's grown. I mean, he's older now. He's been he's been around the league for a few years now. I, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not that different. I think it's a little different. I think he's playing better. He's certainly getting some more opportunity. But like compared to last gonna, year, for sure. Last year he was I, I, cast away, for sure. Um, for sure. Although he'd get random opportunities that kind of inflate the the box, like the per his uh, minutes per game stat. But that's like you know he plays thirty minutes in whatever game that that all the guys are inactive. But I think the thing with DJ Wilson is, and I mean, I'm kind of responsible because I tweeted the hype train was leaving the station. Like, I don't think DJ Wilson is going to be like the fifth star or anything like that. But I do think could certainly be a very playable, useful two way stretch four, and that's like exactly what the bucks could use. Especially as I talked about that bench lineup I mentioned earlier, like they need defenders in that group and DJ Wilson for all his warts that he's had, He's always been able to be a pretty good wing defender, at least at least neutral. And I think oh, he has the sure. potential can, to be better. He can one hundred percent be a plus defender, like a plus plus defender. It's just he his shot is so erratic in the sense that you never know if he's hot or not. Yeah, it's just it's right now he's hot. And, we'll, and it's, he's obviously not going to shoot 50% from deep all year. One thing I'd like to see, though, is the four assists in 24 minutes. Like, yes, thank you. He had one possession, uh, I think it was game one, where he sort of had the ball and he had a mismatch on him. And he sort of drives to the center of the lane and then he fakes going to the rim and kicks it out for a wide open three. It was beautiful. I was thinking of the exact same one. And I was like, I think I tweeted this. Who who is this and what did they do with DJ Wilson? So if you want to talk about a change that could make DJ Wilson from an unplayable guy to like a crucial and I will say crucial rotation player. DJ Wilson career assist per 36. Rookie year 1.5, he barely plays. Sophomore year he gets almost 900 total minutes across 48 games. 2.1 assist per 36. And then last year he plays less but 2.5 assists. So it steadily crept up, but still, like, 2.5 assists per 36 is not a ton. He hasn't yet played 36 total minutes in the preseason, and he has four assists. So clearly more than four assists per 36, I think he'd be at, like, on track for six. Or maybe, yeah, six, because he's that's 24 is two-thirds of 36. So, yeah, he's on track for, for six assists per game right now, or th- per 36, excuse me, which is, like, triple what we've seen. That's a huge difference for making him a, like, again, a legit, useful rotation guy. Oh, yeah. If he can actually, you know, be some sort of a distributor at the four, like, are you, are you serious? Like, at, if he's in those bench lineups where you have guys to kick out to, like a, uh, like a DJ Augustine, a Bryn Forbes, uh, Pat Connison, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm missing someone here. 
Uh, am I Portis, missing? I guess. Portis. Yeah, sure. Who's the backup three? Who am I missing? Who did you say? It's Augustine, uh, I guess Tory Craig, Bryn Forbes. Yeah, Tory Craig. Sure. There you go. Uh, thank you. So <laughs> if you're if you're getting getting the ball out to those guys, like those guys can do stuff with the ball after you give it up. It's just if you're getting him within the flow of the offense, that is fantastic. Instead of him just being like a catch and shoot corner guy. Yeah, I mean, like, he doesn't, I wouldn't even, like, distributor might even be a stretch, but, like. Yes, no, for like, sure. That's why I, I sort of pivoted to in the flow yeah. of the offense, like, being exactly. a part of it. Exactly, like, like the, the drive and kick was perfect. because if you, like, if you incorporate him into, like, a beautiful game-esque thing. Like, just make the right pass. Like, he doesn't have to break down a defense. Like, if you're open, shoot. If you're not open, either find a way to, like, get open and, and get to some space, like, see if you can get to the rim, or find whoever is open. Like, we trust you ball. with the ball, DJ, sort of thing. That is, I mean, it doesn't even have to dribble that much. But, again, just, like, making the right read for him opens up so much for this team. And really, I mean, again, we're getting way too ahead of ourselves over 24 minutes. But if that kind of thing is sustainable, then he's someone who looks a lot more intriguing as a Giannis frontcourt partner. At that point... You're like, whoa, we have a defender who can hit a couple threes and actually move the ball around? Like, at that point, that's a, a tantalizing four to Giannis' five. We'll see if we get there way ahead of us. But yeah, you probably get him on a team-friendly deal, too. It'd be real interesting if he had a good year and, and wanted to stick around, man. I don't know. I don't know where he's at. Do you preemptively I mean, do it? How team-friendly are we talking? Two mil. Oh, God. If he takes a two mil extension, I think he should make some management changes. Uh, that feels a little bit low, three. even for DJ. If he wants to take like a three take on two. a year for yeah. three right no, now, how I'd about do it. Two, two for six? I'd probably do two for six with a team out. Oh, I don't know if you can do that. I, I, I'd two maybe for do. seven. Maybe? Uh, maybe. Maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting. I wouldn't do it right now. I wouldn't do it right now. Let's let's reassess in front of the extension deadline. Yeah. Which is at some time. It's usually in March, so either late March or sometime in April. I'm sure. guessing. I, I'll trust you on that. I. I who knows. Um. So I don't know if we have enough time to go into both like defensive philosophy and the fifth starter. I mm-hmm. kind of more want to do fifth starter just because we are so early but i'll leave it up to you we can do fifth starter we touched on this a little bit earlier where i said uh you can have dante as your point of attack defender and i think that's why you keep dante in the starting lineup that's totally fair i think really i think it is an offensive versus defensive situation no matter which way you slice it in a lot of ways like i think dante is the more well-rounded but i think defense is really the case for him i guess i guess it depends which two guys you're comparing because if like you're weighing between Dante and Torrey Craig, then I guess Dante is the offensive guy and Torrey Craig is the defensive guy. If you're weighing Dante versus Bryn Forbes, then Dante is the defensive guy. I think it would be between him and Bryn Forbes. I think so as well. And I will say, though, before we say anything, they threw out a lineup with uh, DJ and Drew in the backcourt. Augustine? God, we need to work on that. Uh, And that lineup looked good. That might be the closing five either way. I think, yeah, I think it has to be. And I think that's kind of why I don't hate Bryn Forbes as the nominal starter because it's this—it's like kind of the same ideal, just with less ball handling. And I think 
ball handling is more useful at the end of games than at the beginning, if that makes sense. Like, I just think it gets harder to create offense at, at that time in most games. But, like, I just think that, that core four, I just think I want more offense with them, not more defense. I just, I mean, I, we talked about diminishing returns. That's what I feel like. Like, I like how much better can a group with Drew, Chris Middleton, this new Chris Middleton, Giannis and Brooke Lopez get on defense as opposed to, like, if they lose a little bit on defense but a lot of spacing gets opened up, how much better overall does that make them? I see the defense case, right? Like, just be a stranglehold of a defense and, and go from there. Not a bad idea at all. Like, I'm not going to lose sleep if that's the way they go. I just would like to see a lot more space, especially because, again, we're talking about, despite them being much better, Drew, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, still not probably an ideal spacing triumvirate. We'll see what happens. Yeah, the the drawback to that is you have no great, you don't have great spacing in your bench then. Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, right, you get DJ. Because we we know that we're going to get five-man bench units. We just have to accept that at this point. Yeah, I I think, honestly, you know, I think a lot of these things, these combos might look silly in a couple months because like, hopefully, yeah, but like some development or refining of guys could change a lot. Like if Dante can step in and and finally become a consistent three-point shooter, then all of a sudden it's like, well, you'd have spacing no matter where he is. Then maybe he's the no-doubt starter. And I do think... Like, that's something I'm open to is Dante playing himself into that. I don't think he's done so yet. Like, I, I don't think he's done the Tyler Harrow thing where, like, your team is just like, well, we have to start him. Like, he's just too good not to. He's not there quite yet. Um, I just think offensively he needs to improve a little bit more. But I don't think he's a bad choice either. Yeah. it's it, You don't really lose a lot going either way, I guess. And I, I will say, just finally, I kind of almost talking myself out of my home point. Dante looks a lot better when he's surrounded by like much better players as well. I yeah, think, like, he's more of a he's more of a glue guy. Yeah, like the ball handling he does do, I, I think you don't necessarily I don't think you really want him as like your primary ball handler at this point. But if he's operating outside of like, you know, defenses swarming to Drew and Chris and, and Giannis, I just think his life he's gonna look a lot better. His life's gonna be a lot easier. Yeah, I will say, watching him and Drew being active defensively it just must suck if you're an opposing team. Just like, what do you do? Yeah, I, that's why it's almost tough to pick between him and DJ Augustine for the closing lineups. Again, it really matters how Dante comes along. I think. I feel it, but I. This goes without saying. It should be fluid. It really should be. Even even like to play by play. It's if like if there's stoppages, like sub in the defensive guy. It if really should be, but. Whatever. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we're going to have to do a lot on coaching next episode. Yes. We'll have we'll have actual regular season, maybe? No. We're going to preview the regular next season. Episode. We're, we're, well, next episode is actually going to be a little earlier. Well, it's going to be on Tuesday, most likely, it'll post. But it's a special episode. It is a it's very a special preview. episode for us. I think we could probably scoop, like, reveal it now. I'm not going to. But we, well, I think well, we could, yeah, but we'll, we won't. We'll, we'll, we'll tease it. We'll just we'll say we'll leave social. it. At, we'll leave it at this. So say some old friends are coming to visit. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Um, we just no. I'm not going to make it any more obvious. That's enough. That's yep. enough. Um, choose your fighter time. Let's do it. It's your turn. I think 
Yeah, no, it is. So I, I really went back and forth, and I actually searched your tweets oh, no. to make sure. No, trust me, it's not. You're not canceled yet. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to I wanted to make sure this would work for you, and I still don't know if it will. But I'm just gonna go for it and see what happens. Choose your fighter: Charmander, Bulbasaur, Squirtle. Ooh, okay, okay. So. I like you haven't tweeted a ton about Pokemon. I know you're not like on my level of like literally playing Sword somewhat often, but I assume like you've got oh, it, like I, old school knowledge at yeah, least. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <sighs> See, my my safe choice here is Charmander. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like he gives you he gives you gives you the best of both worlds. Right? High floor. High, high floor. floor pick. High floor. I can't, I can't go away from my guy Squirtle. Ooh, so Squirtle's a good one. See, I will say, like, I almost didn't go with this one for another reason. It's really hard for me. It's so difficult. Like, I have gone back and forth consistently throughout my life. I almost positive the first time I ran through Red, which I think was the first one I played. And I, I did yellow a lot, but, like, it got less fun once you get a little older and you're like, this is just way too easy. This is just stupid. Like, you have every starter. This is crazy. But, like, having to pick one of them. I think early on I was Charmander because I loved dragons as a kid. So yeah, like, it's like you're a kid and there's the fire. There's big fire-breathing yeah. dragons. Okay, okay, this is sick. And, like, a plant who wants a plant. Then for a while I was like, you know what? Venusaur actually rules. Like, grass Pokemon in their own way. Underrated. I, super underrated and like the Bulbasaur episode is some of the most fun of the original show and I think it's on like Netflix or it has been it's fun to go back and watch some yeah. of the episodes I know I'm I'm really revealing the nerd colors oh, here freaking Squirtle squad Squirtle is like Squirtle is a powerful pick like I do think probably the coolest is probably Squirtle at least based on like personality in the show and Blastoise is a dope turtle with water, like literal guns of water. It's hard to go wrong with any of these picks. Yeah. So what are you choosing here? As much as I want to say Bulbasaur or Squirtle, because I do truly okay. love them both, I'm going back to Charmander. Sometimes your first your first intuition is the best. Yeah, sometimes you just get it right right off the dome or right at the top. Can't go, can't go wrong. I don't know. I just I have an affliction with Squirtle. Just I, he's my it's guy. a great pick. It's truly a great pick. Like I, there's some of these where like I think we'll really disagree and like be like you're crazy. This one, like no matter what you said, unless you were like I don't care at all. Like Pokemon is dumb. I would have been like quietly hurt. But any of the actual picks, I'm like you know what, totally fair. Yeah, I that is a that is a fantastic choose your fight. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward. All right. You know what? We'll do one next week. We'll make our old friends do it. So we will, you got to bring one next week for Oh, everybody. boy. That's a big yeah. one. Oh, yeah. That's going to be epic. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. But I think that's all we've got, though. Yeah. We, this is this. Wow. Okay. Yep. Time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. We're, hey, this is, it's a good day. It is a great day. It is a great Just, day to be a fan of the NBA. It is a great day to be a fan of the Milwaukee Bucks. I will say that we got. I don't know if we said this enough. We Giannis signed his supermax tie. Like celebrate yeah. responsibly. Uh, please be safe. Uh, <laughs> Everyone just but be enjoy at home it. Enjoy just, this. Bask yeah. in this moment, Bucks fans. You deserve it. You really do. That's that's. Do you have anything to add for that? 
I just totally agree. Like I, I it's kind of funny. I got I saw like some likes or whatever rolling in, but after I tweeted it, which was before the news broke, but I was like, somebody was like, Bucks Twitter is gonna be miserable this year, huh? And I was like, some people are, but I'm like I'm gonna be one who I always look to have fun with the season, have fun with the games, compartmentalize or <laughs> compartmentalize the drama away, and just like enjoy the basketball and, and some of the fun stuff. And I think that's still true. Like, there's still going to be issues. There's still going to be problems. We got a big one that we pushed off talking about this episode. But, like, enjoy all of this. Like, chances are low we ever get another Giannis in any capacity on the Milwaukee no, Bucks. one of so, one. Well, like, one of one. What? Was, well, one of maybe one. a couple more Atetokounmpo's, but uh, no more Giannis's. So, enjoy everything about the Giannis run while you can, is what I will say. Yes, enjoy it to the fullest because, like you just said, we probably are never going to have anyone ever close to this again. Did you the video they tweeted out had me in my field? Oh my god, good. The end where he's just showing his parents, like, oh my god, these guys are legends because they have their jerseys retired. And it's like maybe 15, 20 years. 15, 20 years. Yeah, uh, maybe my number will be hanging up there. My god, I was ready to start crying. Oh, it was so good. That was the I gasped twice. That was the second gasp. And this is just like a video the Bucks put up on I think probably all their social channels. So then Tuesday night, I'm sure you can go find it. It's gonna be everywhere. But that was time I gasped, and the other one was I never knew that like on, I think on draft day some kid interviews him oh, and yeah. asks him what superpower he would have, and he said I would be Superman. And they cut from that right to Shaq handing over the Superman moniker to Giannis as the most dominant big man. And I was just like, I'd never really and they considered had like it. Kenny talking like, oh, Superman is in the yes. building. That's had, just incredible. Like, I had never, I don't think I ever knew that Giannis had said that back no, in the I, day. And that floored me. Like, the Superman thing I always thought was like, okay, kind of cool, but not super cool. Like, the Shaq part of it. Like, it was cool, but there's always like, every Shaq compliment is also Shaq being like, if they had let me do that, I'd be even better. Like Shaq always loves like couching compliments and like talking about how great Shaq is. But this brought it home and made it a very, very cool thing for me. Oh, a hundred percent. It's just, it's this, this gets back to something we talked about on the live pod. I shouldn't go too far. I was trying to wrap this episode up. <laughs> uh, it's like just uh, your own team's talent staying put is just, it's such a great feeling. Because you value, like you, we, we were so sad to get rid of freaking Dante Divincenzo. That's true. Like you get attached to these players, you get attached to their stories, you get attached to their personalities. That just makes it so much more rewarding when you can see them grow at your franchise and actually want to stay at that franchise. Yeah. Ignore the and- voice crack. With a, with a guy like Giannis, it's everything times 100. It's everything times 100, exactly. Because he, he started out as just this 18-year-old kid, wide-eyed. Now he's a freaking two-time MVP. Just in, enjoy every single moment of this run, Bucks fans. Enjoy all of it. NBA fans, too. Because this is, this is a story unlike any other, and it will never be replicated again. And we're living it right now. It won't. Um, yeah, you said it perfect. I, I have no more words. Bravo. So I guess thank you for all of you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Like we've mentioned this throughout the show. We've had 
fantastic support lately. Keep tweeting us your random Eurostep references. Just keep tweeting us your support, your love. If you want to get in on the Discord, which Ty called me out on on Twitter today, uh, you can send me or Ty a <laughs> screenshot of you listening to the podcast, and we'll make sure to get you in there. I'll be in there more, I promise. Um, <laughs> and we'll get you in there. Great discussions going on in there. Uh, make sure you tell your friends and family about the show. Check out all of the content across the entire Blue Wire podcast network. Stay safe out there, everyone, and we will talk to you next time.